Hi, and welcome to Season 3 of Emetophobia Help. I'm your host, Anna Christie, licensed therapist, author, and recovered emetophobic. Trigger warning for these podcasts will be words and sometimes a story, but I try to make sure they're not too gross. For you therapists who are listening, Dr. David Russ, child psychologist, and I have a new resource website for you at emetophobia.net, and there are self-help instructions there as well if you're looking for exposure resources. Um, people with emetophobia, I have a new Facebook group that I made called Emetophobia No Panic, which has very strict rules and is more about sharing success therapy information, and so on, more so than the other groups. If you're enjoying this podcast or you find it helpful, you can buy me a coffee for a couple of bucks or a couple of pounds. Just scroll down in the notes to see the link. So I'm here today with Maddie from Agassiz, British Columbia in Canada, which is not too far from me in Vancouver, a couple hours drive probably from where I am. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing well, Anna. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, it's it's great to have people local to me. And, um, and like we were saying just before I started recording, uh, Maddie was saying she's close to me, but I don't consider it close because it's like two hours away. <laughs> but it's uh, it's closer than Colorado or Scotland or whatever. So yes, in that sense. So tell us, uh, start by telling us your metaphobia story then, Maddie. Yeah. So I've had a metaphobia for, I want to, well, probably the mostly the whole part of my life. Um, I remember being really young and it literally was just like all of a sudden I had this thought I was watching this movie one time when I was little and it probably had like a throwing up scene in it but then I thought to myself like hold on I remember this from throwing up while I've been little and I was like I don't want this to ever happen again like it's kind of like the memory mm. started flooding in yeah and I mean I'll start by saying like I only had I only threw up because when I was little because I had migraines like I only had my first oh, stomach flu oh. just a few years ago. So I would get probably like a really bad migraine about once a year. And then it would always make me throw up. Um, and so in my little child brain, I thought that it was like, oh, this is just what happens. You know, I get a migraine and it happens. And I didn't think anything of it. Like triggers right. weren't in my little child brain or how people get sick or anything like that. So I thought like, this is just something that always happens to me and I'm scared now for the next time it's going to happen. And yeah. Mm. So I remember it kind of snowballed then, you know, starting there to right. going into other things. Um, I mean, I know that growing up, my mom would tell me that eventually that when we would travel, I had three other siblings, but when we would travel in the van or whatever to anywhere, they would all get car sick and I never did. So I was the one mm -hmm. that was the pail passer. So, you know, my mom would panic oh, and gosh. Madison quickly get them the pail. And so I kind of heard like, oh, there's panic. Something's not right. Something's wrong oh, here. Yeah. This isn't safe. Right. Everyone's panicking. Mm -hmm. 
Um, which I mean, bless my mom now. She, you know, feels terrible that she responded like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think just that was kind of the basis for me. And then it kind of snowballed from there on growing into like germophobia and people getting sick and I need to watch my back for everything. <laughs> like rides oh, and yeah. motion sickness and whatever. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I remember my very first like a metaphobia treatment was a, in a group um, at Shaughnessy Hospital in Vancouver, which doesn't exist anymore. It's now Women's yeah. Hospital. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, some people said to the to the psychologist who was leading the group, they said, "Well, everyone panics when someone's going to throw up. Everybody panics." And she said, "Well, no, there's urgency." like to get them a bucket or get them to a washroom or whatever, but, but that's not fear. Mm. And I remember that was like news to me. I, you know, yeah. it was like 1983. I, I was 25 years old or whatever. And, and I just thought, Oh, that's what there's a yeah. difference between be was something's urgent, you know, and you, you're, you're like, hurry up, get, you know, kind of thing in a yeah. hurry, as opposed to being, actually afraid of it so oh totally that's, and that's what, that's what my mom would yeah. say like she would say like I'm not yeah. afraid I just don't want a mess just like I wouldn't want to mess right. if you you know spilled your milkshake or something and it's like okay. yeah <laughs> yes yeah, yeah exactly so. yeah and 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 vomit is more disgusting than a milkshake if it's spilled especially in the car right yeah you, know, exactly. you just don't want it in the car <laughs> I know um, and how many siblings did you have I had an older brother and two older sisters. Yeah. So oh, they would wow. all get motion okay. sick. And I never did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were probably frozen with you know, <laughs> at the time, right? Frozen in some kind of fear. Yeah. Um, have you have you been able to get any sort of treatment for it since yeah. at any point in time? Yeah. So I never like treatment was something I never really thought about till mm, probably like 11 years ago or so. And it was like after I met my husband and I was realizing how much this was taking over my life and my thought life and just mm -hmm. kind of getting in the way of things. And so it was suggested to me like, oh, you should go, you know, seek some sort of therapy. And I did. And like typical other stories, um, my therapist, when she kind of heard about it was like, well, how are you going to get over it? And like, are you, gonna, are you, are you going to drink the Epicac? And yeah. I was like, you uh, know, and I, I remember leaving there and I said to my husband, like, oh, like I never want to go back. And he didn't quite understand at that point. So he was kind of like, well, yeah. you, you need to go back. You need to try. And I was like, I don't want to drink the Epicac. <laughs> like, what if I get locked in a room and I'm like forced? Like, right. Mm -hmm. um, years later, I mean, I saw that same therapist and she did feel really bad and apologized for that. Um, but I, so I did seek treatment, like cognitive therapy and, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And I saw a few different therapists. Um, I never really felt like a lot of them were a fit um, in terms of like really mm -hmm. helping right then and there of what I needed or what I would need to kind of get out of anxiety things. Like they, a lot of them that I saw were a lot like faith-based. So, you know, mm -hmm. counselors from my church right. are ones that would, you know, bring faith into it. And that, I mean, who I am, I felt like that really was beneficial and helpful to kind of work through different ways um, of working through anxiety. 
but I haven't seen a therapist in probably, I want to say four years for this. Okay. Um, but I have done a lot more like different at home things. So, I mean, I read Ken Goodman's mm-hmm. Emetophobia Health okay, Manual good. book mm-hmm. and I love yeah. that. Like I just completely dove right into that yeah. and was like, I'm going to commit to this. And, and then I found your podcast and I was like, whoa, okay. and that like, just <laughs> brings so much encouragement in itself. And so, yeah, I mean, good. I, Yeah. That's kind of all. That's I've good. Been doing. And you're a stay-at-home mom. You were telling me you've got little people. So that in yeah. itself is therapy <laughs> to work through it, things because they are right sick and. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. How's it? How's it been with them? Oh, Anna, it's it's <laughs> it's been good. It's definitely okay. it really throws you into it and throws you for a loop. Um, yeah, I mean, even just recently, my daughter barfed all over our living room floor and I kind of stepped back mm. and chucked a bucket at my yeah. husband and I mean he doesn't <laughs> have a problem and he was fine right I felt it's very different from the past I was able to jump in and just like start cleaning up and you know cheer yeah. her from a distance but not bring my own fear in but make myself look busy that I'm cleaning and you know we're here dad's right, right beside you and that's it's tough yeah. obviously I worry completely about the germ side of it and my mind's turns to myself, like, am I going to get sick? Who else is going to go down? And, you know, right. Yeah. 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 So it, it's oh, hard. The thoughts, <laughs> the thoughts are tough, yeah, aren't it, they? I find, is. yeah. And like wanting, not wanting yeah. to control them, right? Like coming home from school and like, you know, let's wash our hands. Right. And they're like, we always do that. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not but, not wanting to control other people is is a it's a safety behavior controlling other people. So giving it up is very difficult. Um, but if you give it up for long enough, then you'll just start to forget about whatever it is you were doing. Yeah, you know, whatever the safety behavior is. Um, yep. There were, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I think one of the most. Um, like I have the story of a, of a client, she's probably listening now. She had five <laughs> little boys under the age of eight and the oh, littlest boy. one was like two and was running around the house when we were on, on, you know, um, telehealth together. And she went out to the garage and got this sick bowl that she keeps in the garage, but she won't have it for any other reason. She doesn't even like touching it. Anyway, he came up and he picked it up while we were talking and then, you know, and then he ran off and she's like, oh, like, I just, I'm thinking not only is this bull here, but he's touched it. And then he's run all over the house and he's touched oh. everything in the house, even though she had sterilized it, sanitized it, bleached it, put it through a hot dishwasher, you know, yeah. and so there was nothing in this bowl. But the most helpful thing for her was that he ran all over the house and she didn't know where. Like, because she was talking to me, you know, and so it's like, okay, so that's it. Then that's what you need to do. So anybody listening has a bowl, you know, and you're afraid and you're afraid of the germs and the touching and just let your kids touch it and run all over your house, honestly. Yeah. And then you just don't even have to. There is no safe, you know, exactly. I mean, every place is safe anyway, right? 
Yeah. And you know what? It's like what you don't know sometimes. It's like, oh, well, okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because if you, if somebody did that, like if a child did that and you weren't home, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You know, you'd have no idea. Did did they come home from school, not wash their hands and run all over your house, touching everything? Maybe they did. You know, it's, uh, there are people who are severe enough. These are OCD related you know, kind of things. There are some people who are so severe that they, they control absolutely, you know, they live alone or whatever, and they control Mm -hmm. absolutely everything that everybody touches or that they do or, and that it's a sad, sorry life. It really is an awful, awful life. So good for you for having a couple of kids and, you know, (laughs) and you, you, you know, you didn't run away, right? You, you were hanging no. in there, helping felt out. Felt like and, it. Definitely felt like yeah. I wanted to, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine it would be difficult accessing um, help in Agassiz because it it's like a, a an extremely small little wide spot in the road, as I recall. <laughs> um, you know, a couple hours from from at least the Fraser Valley. The rest, you know, more. Ha- inhabited places but now that every you know people work on zoom and telehealth you might have more luck finding someone who if i can think of someone other my practice is closed because Mm -hmm. i get i get enough people on my wait list and i just close it all out but um yes i'll see if i can think of someone who who works on telehealth um yeah help you out awesome one of the things that you talked about when you when we talked earlier was about motion sickness. And this is what I want to entitle this podcast, because okay. you had a wonderful revelation about the motion that you, you already said that you didn't get car sick when, when your siblings yeah. all did. But tell us that story, because it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so I really believe though, like, Yes, definitely. Motion sickness is a thing. And I feel my heart goes out to those that do deal with it. Um, But I do believe, though, that some of it can be like, if you don't get it, and you know, you don't, oh, it can still make you feel like you have it. And like, anxiety wise, Mm -hmm. um, which is where I feel like I've probably had like anxiety, motion sickness, I'm doing quotation fingers, even Mm -hmm. though no one can see us. But yeah, um, right. <laughs> air quotes, yeah. air quotes on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I usually do something on a podcast that no one sees. Yeah. yeah so, right. yeah. Um, but I mean, I just don't think I like I have never thrown up or been really close to it, um, you know, so much with movement. Now, have mm-hmm. I been have I thought I have or have I thought definitely like this motion or being on a ferry or on a ride or in a plane is making me sick. Oh, 100%. And I mean, like it has been like pulling teeth to get me to go to Disneyland. My husband loves Disneyland and the kids love it. And I'm like, no, I have, I mean, I, if I see a sign that even mentions motion sickness in the past, it was like, no, I'll watch, you know, and my husband Mm. would try and block the signs. So I wouldn't, you know, oh. like, no, don't, don't read the signs. They don't mean anything. And like, it's true. Yeah. But I was just like, no, I can't go on it. This is anxiety ridden. I mean, I love planes, but my major fear was like, oh, I can't go on it in case it's a turbulent ride. And I would watch all the weather reports before. And like, is it going to be turbulent? Right. Do people look sick as they're coming off the plane? 
Um, I remember, yeah, mm. like just anything. I was always, if we were going out with friends or family, like I made sure I was sitting in the front of that car and I would be like, or, you know, right in the second row, I would never sit in the back. So, um, right. yeah, then, it, I mean, I think the way I kind of realized that I didn't really have it, you know, without anxiety was like, I've always had such a love for aviation and I've loved planes. And mm -hmm. I always thought like, if only I could do something in the aviation industry. Like I would love to fly planes, but I, and at the time, I mean, I, okay, side note, I had a fear of flying in general because my sister and I had a little incident on a flight in Canada that we had to land. Not, not us as an incident, but our plane had a little mechanical problem. We had to land. It was emergency vehicles on the runway. So I kind of got scared out of like flying in general. Yeah. Um, so I had these two fears revolved around it, but I was like, no, you know what? I love planes so much. And I took fear of flying lessons and overcame that fear. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I love planes. I'd love to fly. Oh, but I can't because I'm scared. What if I get sick? Um, so literally I was like, no, I can't let, I read Ken's book and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta just like live my life. Like I have to just, right. like, I'm, I'm doing this. And I walked into one of the flight schools here in the Fraser Valley and I met with who's now my my main instructor and I told him like I'm like here's where I've come from this is what I want to do this is my fear and I was like probably crying and I was like I don't want to live my life in fear mm. I know that this is like motion is something I'm going to experience completely while flying but I just want to see what I can like what what I can do and what can come of this and right. he was like that's valid okay kind of thing like let's start and has kept it in mind and I remember thinking in my first flight, like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> I can't right. But, yeah. But then we're up in the air and I just was like taken by, I mean, the views, being yeah. on a plane, in shock that I was doing this and feeling so proud of myself and being like, I actually am fine. Like, I don't feel sick. And now coming into like, you know, I've been flying for quite a few months now and thinking like, the maneuvers we've done and steep turns and things. And like, I just had a really wow. turbulent flight, a really turbulent flight last week and just other things I've experienced. And I've been like, yeah. I'm okay. If I have felt something, I've all of a sudden noticed, Oh, I'm not like breathing or I'm thinking about this or, you know, and it's like, no, you know, and reminding myself like you're actually okay. You've done this and this and this. And yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's just been funny. And then I even went recently back to Disneyland with my husband a couple months ago and I did seven new rides that I never thought I would do. And I was fine. And I was like, I'm living my life. <laughs> living the dream. You're killing it. You're going on kids rides and yeah, yeah no, that's, yeah. That's but I'm living, I'm living story. life. I mean, am I still yeah. afraid? Oh, yeah. 100%. But I'm able, yeah. I have more tools to work with and to be like, Hey, I can do this. And mm -hmm. I actually am not someone like it is definitely anxiety in my head that it will, yeah. you know, and I mean, then my instructor knows, like, he's got to keep me busy and flying the plane. And then I actually don't right. think about, oh, we're all over the place. and moving. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. And, and flying a little plane like that no. is different than I mean, people are afraid to go on a Boeing 777, you know, and they're so huge that they, yeah. and they fly above the, you know, the turbulence and stuff anyway. And they're, yeah. they're really, really not. It's, you just, I'm, you're just a living example of what I've, what I was kind of thinking all along. Like I never got car sick as a kid and I basically, my sister's 12 years older. So I was kind of alone with my mom. We drove 
from Ontario to Nova Scotia every summer for like 10 years and back. Um, so I never thought about motion sickness, but a lot of people, um, you know, you were kind of with your air quotes saying um, anxiety, motion sickness, but it's not even sickness because you never got sick. You just mm -hmm. had anxiety. Mm -hmm. It was a hundred percent anxiety. And then one symptom of anxiety is nausea, though, because when you get anxious, your digestive system slows down or shuts down um, so that you have energy to run from whatever it is you're terrified of, like a bear or something, you know, um, but there is no bear. And yeah, if you can be calm, then your digestion will start again and your nausea will go away, but it's usually cyclical. So, you know, you get anxious then that causes nausea. Then you're like, oh no, now I'm, now I have nausea. Oh my gosh. You know, and then you get anxious oh, yeah. about that and that makes your digestion stop altogether. And it just goes around and around. But yeah. um, I think I've probably said on a podcast before, I asked an ear, nose and throat doctor one time. Uh, you know, because she knows all about inner ear and everything. And, and I told her about all these people that I had seen online that all say they get car sick, they were all saying they got car sick, emetophobic people, but none of them actually ever vomited. And she said, if you did not get motion sick, when you were a child, if you didn't vomit in the car, when you were a kid, you do not have motion sickness, you don't mm -hmm. have it. You just, yeah. you don't. Now, given that, if you go crab fishing on the Bering Sea, <laughs> you will throw up. Like the the first time, you know, I, I watched that show Deadliest Catch. I mean, those okay. boats go up and down and, and over yeah. and back. And then the inner ear is just thrown like a, you're in a washing machine or something. And usually the greenhorns, as they call them, the newbies, they throw up. But then that's it. Like, you know, then they're still out there for two weeks yeah. and they're not sick constantly. They, then they get used to it. Yeah. Um, but you're never going to be in a, I wouldn't think you'd be in a storm like that. Uh, <gasps> I don't think emetophobics are going to sign up no. to be crab fishers <laughs> Definitely in the not. Bering Sea. But <laughs> anyone is, you can email me and I will try to help you. <laughs> but that's... Uh, that's fantastic. Um, mind over matter, right? Mm -hmm. And Pretty it's much. even come like even for me now. Um, and again, for anyone listening, like I am not. I mean, I'm still in my very own journey of working to re be recovered mm -hmm. from emetophobia. But I mean, I'm trying to take on the mindset of like, I my major quote this year to myself has been to try and be comfortable in the uncomfortable. So mm. I'm trying to push myself like now I find that I will volunteer to sit in the back seat and people that are with me know, I will let you know if I am not okay eventually sitting in the back seat, but trying to push myself yeah. to, you know what, I'm going to read in the back seat. I'm going to look down at my phone the whole time in the back oh, seat. Good. I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, it's hard, obviously mm -hmm. there's days where I'm like, okay, I'm switching, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but yeah. Good for try, you. To Good try and push you. myself to, you know, fly through the turbulence, right. per se. <laughs> yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. fly through the turbulence. Yeah. Right? And there's, <laughs> I saw some documentary of, oh, hurricane. They're trying to get information about hurricanes. And they actually had, there were two planes um, that went right into a hurricane 
right, right to the eye of the hurricane, which is so creepy yeah. because, I mean, those guys, they were being tossed around like they were in a washing machine. And one guy's trying to take, you know, work a computer. Uh, yeah, no one can see me yeah, you know, know. animating this, <laughs> jostling around, trying to work this computer <laughs> to get, I mean, the it's like, you know, and the pilot was talking, he's like, we would never do this. Like we were trained, like you would never do this. You would not fly into a hurricane, but they flew right into the, and then in the middle, it's just totally calm, you know, yeah. but then they know they've got to get out of it. Right. So they have to go out of it yeah. again. And um, it's a, probably a good, it's probably a good symbol for emetophobia. We do need to fly into the middle of the hurricane, you know, and it is a calmer place there that's for sure mm-hmm. um and you certainly have been a witness to that i think you're just so courageous to yeah. take all this on and i love your zest for life you know like yeah because it, it's all about your goals and your values like what do you you're a mom you wanted to be a mom obviously mm-hmm. you want to look after these kids at home you want to fly planes you want to go to disneyland you want to <laughs> get in the car and you're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. that's absolutely fantastic. I think that uh, there are going to be a lot of downloads of this podcast, Maddie. Uh-huh. Um, people are going to be wanting to listen to it uh, more than once, I think. Thank you so much for coming on and for telling uh-huh. us your story. And yeah, I hope we hear from you again, maybe, you know, a year from now. Who knows what you'll be doing? Yeah. Working in a hospital or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>